Hey everybody, welcome back to Megan's Old Office here at Dundee Presbyterian Church in lovely Midtown Omaha, Nebraska. My name is J.D. Gorlad. I'm the senior pastor here at Dundee, and I'm joined again by my good friend Keith Holmes, director of mission and small group activities. How are you today? Are you well? I am well. You look well. I am well. Is that the correct evaluation of your condition? Yes. I I wish I was well rested. I, I was up early today, but... You know this time change. We're, we when we recorded these, it's it's cl- very close to the time change. Oh, it was I two days not, ago. You I try to, not to make it to make it a big oh, deal. Oh, you need but, to toughen up. But, I mean, but, come on. Man, I lost an hour, dude. Uh, <laughs> I want my hour back. Uh, okay. I love the fall for so many reasons, but really high on that list. I'm gonna it, make some yeah, calls. Yeah, there you go. I'm not. I'm not in charge of that break. department. No, for yeah, out loud. that's above my pay grade, as they uh, say. But no, but I'm doing well. Thanks. I'm excited to be back and doing this. Uh, I mean, you know, we're talking about where I live. My heart is filled with this, the Acts Church and what it looks like. And I, and, and I know we ended it uh, ended last week with, with a comparison, and I think, you know, let's keep that up. I just, I want our church to look like that church. Yeah. I want us to be doing, and we're going to hear more today, so I'm not going to spoil it for well, anybody. Well, it's really a big but part. But it's so exciting. Well, it's a big part of, you nailed it. I mean, it's a real big part of why we do a study of the book of Acts, which is what we're doing. This is episode three of this series on the book of Acts. We're going to go through the whole book. Mm-hmm. And the point, again, is we read this because we have things to learn. Even though these things happened 2,000 years ago, it's fresh today because this is what God is calling us to be. Amen. And uh, you're like, well, I want our church to be like this. Yep, that's exactly the right answer because, uh, you know, this is the reason we have the book of Acts, to give us a picture of what the church, whether church in building form and in location form or in person Form, which yeah. which is what the church is. The church is not walls and a roof. No, uh, the church are, is, is the people of God. It is the Amen. body of Christ, and the desire, your desire to have the church, whether it be your life or the flock that you lead, be like Acts chapter two. That's yeah. it. That is right on the money. Yeah. And uh, so good, uh, good for you. You earn a cookie. That's a good. <laughs> what a you, donut. Yeah, well. Yeah, Keith came in this morning. I smell donuts. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it just I don't, smells like donuts in the building I, right now. It's I weird. I don't know. You see what I have to deal with? All right. Uh, so we're hey, going to... Let's quick get back on top of That's right. <laughs> so we're in Chapter 2. Last week, we, we started... Chapter 2 is huge. There's just so much here. So we broke it, we're breaking it into two episodes, uh, Acts Chapter 2. We, we covered the first 13 verses uh, last week. That was when the Holy Spirit came upon the church and redefined and empowered the church at Pentecost. And now uh, the church starts going outward. And uh, we'll let you read uh, Peter's speech. Peter goes forth to a crowd of hundreds mm-hmm. and preaches the word to them. Right. And many people become uh, believers. We're going to talk about that today. Yep. Uh, we're going to read, uh, Keith is going to read in a moment. Acts chapter 2, verses 37 through 47, so you can get your Bibles out and get ready for that. But before I do that, before you do that, mm-hmm. um, I want to ask the people out there, and ask you, apart from your family, Keith, and apart from your work, mm-hmm. what activity has most affected you or redefined you? Boy, that's... Say? To a guy like me, you got a that's lot of them. a you, different. That's a real difficult question. You got a lot of really great activities in your. But life. I mean, and I've had it my whole life. Yeah, you know, I'm, and and I don't know what about me. I mean, you know, I've always 
you know, looked at who I am and what I am, done the Myers-Briggs, done a couple others kind of personality tests. So, but I still don't know what drives me. I'm, I'm, other than I, to know that I am never satisfied after a period of time with what I'm doing. Mm. I always want to go to something new. Mm. Um, you know, back in, back in the day, you know, it started when I was a kid, you know, doing theater or doing, you know, putting on shows or, um, then it was, well, now, you know, I want, what's, okay, I, I did that. Now what? What's next? It's always what's next. You know, came, you know, as it later here as an adult riding motorcycles, scuba diving, taekwondo. These are all activities. You got to pick one and I'm narrowing it down to one. Right? And exactly. Sorry, now you're telling I'm me really pick sorry, one. Dude. You got to pick one. But the one. fact of the matter is, is each one changed me and, and affected me in some way. Yeah. I you think, did them for a reason. Right. Exactly. Um, and you, you, you've precluded marriage because obviously that's the big one right yeah, you know and work. And, and work and salvation is you know a huge thing too but really what it gets down to is you know i think i i think if i had to go back and look at it, it was truly when i was when i was riding motorcycles i got involved with a christian ministry to motorcyclists mm. and i mean since we're talking about our faith walk talking about this that was such a different experience because we were the church. We were the hands and feet of Christ, whatever you want to put yeah. there, label that. But we were going out to a group of people that if I walked out there today in my slacks and my and my you know wingtips and my nice press shirt, they would simply walk away from me. They wouldn't care what I had to say. Right. But you know, being a part of them, being being able to ride up on the bike and hang out with them and just not even preach. But just do, just be God to them, you know, through my through my actions, through my my witness. That that really affected me because it not only affected me in hopes that I was helping, you know, further the kingdom, but it also affected me in showing me that it's not what I think it is always to mm. be the church. Yeah, the church. Yeah, yeah. It, it's fascinating. So. Yeah, a great and a great moment from your life. Yeah, is so, that past? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, when I when I be, when I went in, that was when I was in part time ministry when I was working. Yeah. You know, I, and now when I'm in full time ministry, I had to I had to say, okay, you know, God is pointing me in this direction. I have to I have to do yeah. less right. elsewhere. And For so. me, I, uh, the activity outside of marriage and outside of my work that has affected me has been golf, and um, I was raised uh, in a to to golf, uh, and I played thousands of rounds. I can't even imagine how many golf balls I've hit in my life. I would love to know that number. Mm. Uh, I got to be really good at it. I played for my college uh, golf team, um, and but it, it wasn't a source of joy. Um, it, it, and oh. it can become one of it, it can become some uh, some activities in our lives can become. Uh, too important to us, uh, uh, and uh, and that certainly was the case with me, and I had to overcome that and reconcile that and make peace with that, uh, and and I realized that when I was about 21 years old, where I, I it just became stark clear that this activity in my life was completely uh, out of sync or out of out of sequence as far as priority was concerned. Wow. And Consum um, so all consuming, would you well, say? Yeah, I would that might be 
it might be overstating it, but right. certainly close. I mean, three it's quarters. Hard. Yeah, consuming. yeah, yeah. yeah. It, because you know, it was so tied to my relationship with my dad, my identity, and yeah. all this kind of stuff. Uh, competition and all this kind of stuff, and it it, it it was like I had a born again experience with that game, where it was like, okay, I love the game, mm-hmm. but I'm not enjoying it. It doesn't yeah. bring me joy. It doesn't make me a better person. Now, I'm not saying that's the case for everybody. Don't go no. there. But no, no. for me, I needed to get that game or that thing in my life properly categorized, properly prioritized. And now I play, and people will, you know, who who I play golf with, you know, why don't keep score? I, I, I play, and I, I'm not, you know, the putt, I, I leave myself a three-foot putt, and I don't putt it. Uh, I just up. pick it up. You, That's you know, a gimme. If, 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 hey, and if you want to write down, if you're keeping my scorecard uh, and you don't want to give me that putt, if that's where it's at, that's cool. I'm not going to make the putt, by the way. Right. I, I, right. Uh, uh, but if you want to give it to me, that's great. I, I just I want to go and play and be uh, enjoy it and, and yeah. have it be a distraction rather right. than what it was. I had to get that right in my life yeah. and I did and that was that was me uh wow. that doesn't that's not a one size fits all for everybody no. golf is a fantastic thing and I love it I absolutely love the game uh but it was out of focus for me and I had to get born out of that uh yep. and uh, now it's it's a positive part of my life that was an activity that affected me still affects me mm-hmm. and affects me because I have it in the right focus in the yeah. right category it brings you joy again now it does yeah it didn't yeah. and i didn't even realize it while it wasn't bringing me joy yeah you know what i'm saying oh because you're in it you're, i was in it oh this yeah i know exactly to what it you had mean. to be this crash moment where i was like this is not this does not bring me joy oh yeah and so i had to be i had to be cut to the heart i had to be right. and i was and right. that changed my, that that changed my relationship to that game and my life yeah. it, it sounds silly but it is the, the very yeah. much a story of my life and so i thought that was an that's a, a great thing yeah, that's now, a great i hope it was a good way to open us to chapter two i just two. like i just like how i went really positive and you went negative i know that. that's I, I think that's i think that's but always I, a way now as we prepare as we prepare for the reading i just got a quick i got a quick thing about golf you mentioned you can't even count the number of ball the balls you hit <laughs> right and my 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 presence or my my thought was immediately I can't count the number of balls I've lost is what I thought you were going to say. Oddly enough, for me, the number of balls I've lost is actually greater than the number that I hit, which is weird math. But that's that's, that's how I play golf. I've actually lost more golf balls than I've struck than I've taken a swing at. Well, so there we go. The joy is there. Though. That's right. So we're in chapter two of the book of Acts, verses thirty-seven through forty-seven. Keith is about to read those verses to us. What are you going to ask? This big man. You you mentioned it. You mentioned it, and I love the phrase "cut to the heart." What does it mean to be cut to the heart? All right, man. Especially in light of these verses, Acts chapter two, verses thirty-seven to forty-seven. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the other apostles, "Brothers, what should we do?" Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you, for your children, and for all who are far away, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him. And he testified with many other arguments and exhorted them, saying, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. So those who would welcomed his message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 persons were added. 
they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship and to the breaking of bread and the prayers. All came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the good will of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Amen. Amen. What, what a, a great scene. word. Yeah, great scene. So what's our question again? I can't remember. Yeah, right? My, the question the was... memory of a goldfish here. What does it mean to be cut to the heart? That's where it was in the first verse that you uh, right. read. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. So what they heard was Peter preaching. We've cut that out. Right. Because it's a, it's a long speech. But you should you, go you back should and read it. We've asked, it. yeah. He stands up and speaks boldly, tells the story of Jesus Christ, and they're cut to the heart. What does it mean? It means that uh, in the depth of their being, who they really were, Mm -hmm. uh, that message opened something up, uh, caught them in the heart. It might get a kind of a surgical uh, kind of picture. Uh, They were cut to the heart. To cut to the heart, I mean, to do like a quadruple, but you got to cut to the heart, you yep. got, or, or, or uh, you know, like an, uh, in, uh, uh, inside the heart, uh, interior heart surgery. Uh, um, you've got to cut to the heart. You've got to get all the way through all this stuff. You've got to this get most, to it. It's yeah. to get to the most vital organ. Now, we're not talking physically. We're talking spiritually. They right. were cut to the heart. The most vital organ in your body is your heart and your brain. Uh, it, what is the most vital part of the... They were cut to their heart, to their spirit. They were cut to the very... Uh, foundation of who they were, uh, right. to what made them tick. Uh, by the and how did that happen? It happened by the word of God being preached to them. Right. This is an awesome thought that the word can be that powerful. You Amen. I mean, it's it, it, it's the desire of a, a, a well. It's the desire of my heart to speak the word of God and to be an encouragement. And by encouragement, I mean cut you to the heart, right? I don't mean that it's going to be a comfortable encouragement sometimes. I wish, you know, if I had my way, of course, you'd all love me and it would be great and happy-go-lucky and everything would be perfect and perky and rosy. And You'd get around uh, to the important stuff later. Yeah, (laughs) but but that stuff, I mean, when, when Peter spoke, he cut them to the heart. It's also a very painful reference. I mean, it is. you're under anesthesia when you go on when you go in for right. heart surgery. I always think of the the you know the old uh, Roman war movies or the knights. I mean, or someone with a blade that cut someone else to the heart. Yeah, that was a very painful way of dying. Yeah, right. But and there is a dying here. Right. As Christians, we know. Okay, so you read this passage, and they're cut to the heart. And they're baptized, and they become believers. They they become to get back to our original question. A new activity is being birthed in their right. life, and it is the activity of Christianity. More specifically, it is relationship with Jesus Christ that is beginning in their lives, and it begins with being cut to the heart. Yeah. A scarring thing, a yeah. a painful thing, yep. a realization, uh, well, a, an epiphanal thing. Well, you know it's saying? because of what Peter said. I mean. You know, the truth hurts Mm -hmm. sometimes. And the truth here was he mentions this 
Jesus of Nazareth, who you crucified. Right. He's talking to the people of Jerusalem who would have been present or would have known about this and how the Holy Spirit works in their lives to cut them to the heart. That painful realization that, yeah, that was my fault, that, yeah, I did do that. This is so good what you just said, because as you were talking, I was like, so the key element then from that to be cut to the heart. If that, if we are indeed interested in being cut to the heart, if anybody's listening and saying, you know something, I really want to be cut to the heart. I really want to have this experience. Well, integral to this, based on what you're saying, is to sit there and say, you know, you're right. I did crucify him. You're right. I am living the wrong way. You're right. These things in my life, these activities, this structure of my life, it's not functioning properly. It's not right. There needs to be extreme change in my life. That's what it means to be cut to the heart. Now, Peter stands up and he gives this speech. He gives this speech about Jesus Christ, and you're right. In that speech, he says, you guys crucified Jesus Christ. You can listen to this speech. You can listen to a sermon. You can listen to this podcast and say, well, okay, these guys are a couple of goofballs. Well, that a lot, believe me. We get that all the time. Or you could listen, listen, uh, joking only partly on that, uh, you can listen to the Word of God as these guys listen to Peter. You can listen to a sermon, podcast, read the Scripture, and have the opposite reaction, and that is, oh, wow, I am guilty. Oh, wow, I do need to make changes in my life. I need to reorder, reprioritize. I need to cut out what I am doing currently and completely change the pattern and allow God to move in here. And that's what what they do. Because, I mean, we go on, we go on into, and they, day by day, they, they spent time together in the temple. They broke bread together. This is probably a group of people that didn't know one another. Right. They were just a part of the crowd two weeks ago, right. or, you know, three weeks ago, when when this Jesus of Nazareth came into Jerusalem and was ultimately crucified. They didn't know one another. They didn't have the community we have. They they're strangers, right. and all of a sudden they they hear this disciple, this this apostle Peter, talking with the full on force of the Holy Spirit behind him, right. and are convicted, are cut to the heart. And they change things in their lives. Well, let me set you up, oh great director of mission <laughs> and small group activities. Let me set you up for reaction to this. Okay. So we have community in yeah. that we have the twelve disciples, and we know that the original community was greater than that. There right. were there were more circles there. It right. was a, it was large. We don't know what the number was, but you're exactly right in this passage, which is an incredible scene, by the way, because <clears throat> pardon me, it tells the story that three. Thousand people became believers that day. Every every pastor's sermon dream, can right you, there. Right, can you imagine a day? Yeah, preaches a sermon and three thousand people change their lives based on the sermon. Wow, am I jealous of Peter at this moment? But that's what happens, and I can imagine. Here's the twelve disciples. And they're baptizing people. People are in line right. at all 12 stations. Right. Like they're going through customs or something. <laughs> getting it to, you know, getting baptized and becoming part of the community. So let me set you up. So the community was originally the 12 disciples and whoever, whatever band followed Jesus. Right. That was the community. That was the inner crowd. Those Mm -hmm. were the people who know Jesus personally. And now they're adding 3,000 people who, you're right, didn't know each other, 
up to that point probably didn't know a thing about Jesus, or if they did, they didn't know much. Right. And now they're part of the community, and here's God doing this, and I think we're having a great, God's having a great day here. He's <laughs> excited, but it does force the people to recognize that the community of God is expanding. It The, the circles are getting bigger. Uh, the, the temptation is there for the original crowd to sit there and say, well, he's, that's Keith. He's part of the newbies. Right. He got baptized The today. new bourgeois, yeah. Or, or the new bourgeois. The nouveau riche to yeah. sit there and say, well, you know, we're not part of the inner circle. or yeah. that, you know, like We're going to start our own right, sect you over know, here. Those guys are yeah, they, we're idiots. Yeah. You know, it's a completely different community. <laughs> you know. And we know that that the that uh, God doesn't want that. He nope. wants He wants us to see each other, see ourselves as one, and um, and bound together by the Holy Spirit, one in the Spirit, one in love. It's challenging, though. It's not. Oh easy my gosh! Well, you think about it, like you said. Here we had the 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 original crowd, the in crowd, the people that were there. And I, you can all, I can almost see them as as Peter's preaching. You know, they're the ones sitting up there. Yeah, uh huh. And their heads are just basically amen. breaking their neck, nodding, yeah, again, and, and they're pointing, and there's yeah, and 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 you know, good the, churching right there. Good churching going on. But but you know, and these new folks are are like, okay, I just did this thing. Now what? Right. And now God's got to help them, help the old crowd, the, the the ones that were were following Jesus. Now they have to do. What Jesus did for them, come yeah. up to them, come alongside those people, help them, guide them, direct them. Jesus left us in charge of that, they would have to say to themselves. Right. And we can't do this alone, because as soon as we start doing it alone, we come back to last week's question, what if the Holy Spirit left the church? Well, I'd start telling you how I worship God. Right. How, what's my way of doing it? Would it would become the, the church of keys. Right. It would it, be my... Without uh, anybody even noticing. It would right. still be under the guise of Jesus Christ under right. the banner of the flag of Jesus Christ. By the way, Dostoevsky, one of my favorites, mm-hmm. uh, in uh, the Brothers Karamazov, uh, talks about this this very dynamic of the church, you know, existing under the the banner of Christ alone, right. but not really being. Not, we just, I mean, we really we just use your name, right? Uh, we, we, for, exactly. It's good for business, you know, right. type of a thing. And, well, uh, I, I, I I smile about what would that be a good? Well, like in Kansas City, there's a Nebraska Furniture Mart now. Mm. I mean, it's in Kansas. Yeah, it's like right, it we're just sense. using the name Nebraska right. Furniture Mart. Has nothing to do. It's it's it, you know it's all the employees are Kansas. Right. You know, people from Kansas. The furniture is brought to Kansas. Right. It's just it's just Nebraska. And we can become this, right? Can, oh my gosh, the church! This. How quickly can we do it? Right. Almost immediately. Pretty. That's much. That's why we read chapter two to remind ourselves of the purity of the foundation of what of what we're what we're supposed to Absolutely. be. Absolutely. But you know so. They say they asked Peter and then the disciples, "What must we do?" Mm-hmm. And and Peter's like, "Save yourselves and 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 welcome his message." What do you, what do you think that that means? He says, uh, "So those it says, uh, save yourselves from this corrupt generation." So those who welcomed his message were right. were meant to infer that there were others who didn't welcome the message. Right, absolutely. As great as the sermon was, there were three thousand yeah. that accepted and welcomed the message. How many? Well. I might not you know, I, scoffed and threw it in the garbage. I can tell you what they didn't do. They mm. didn't save themselves by anything they did the, by themselves, right? Yes, I, I, I will. I, I, as a, as a, as a staunch Calvinist, I know you feel right. that. And, and honestly, folks, I, I am very much in that, in that same, uh, same 
uh, arena. I, there's absolutely nothing we can do to save ourselves. And so when he says save yourselves, he's basically saying I, God has thrown you a, a, a life ring. You know, one of those, the old-fashioned rings that you see hanging on the side of a boat. That, that's God throwing, the, save yourselves. You can't do anything but grab a hold of that and hang on for dear life. That's saving yourself. It's, right. He saved you. He's forgiven you. Right. Come into relationship with this. There you go. There you, you go. Know, just let this happen. Let this be Turn in your from life. Who you are. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just let this happen. You're forgiven, Keith. Right. Your, your sins are forgiven. The good news is too good to believe. Yep. You're clean. You're made new. Why would you run from that? Just stop. Last week, yeah. or was it last week or the week before? It was like, no, it was the first week. Yep. Just stop and listen. Yeah. And just sit here and let God do this. Yep. You yep. know, save yourselves means realize who God is. Yep. Accept it. Uh, yep. and, uh, and 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 then it says those who welcome that message. To welcome the message is to say, yeah, this is God. I can't do this. I, I, I can't do it on my yeah. own. I don't have to keep running. I'm gonna. I, I well, you it. think about I'm that audience. Take hold of this. Well, think about the audience that was listening to that. Six hundred and thirty-three rules in the law, right? Mm-hmm. They right. had was it six hundred thirty-three? Six thirty. Thirty. You're uh, adding three more. I added three. That's you just, just the there. You go. You, you talk about nice your, job, yeah, just, I'm just adding on. You know what we should do. Let's walk ten more miles. Yes, okay. exactly. Great, Keith. But that's the thing. They <laughs> this crowd is sitting here listening to this, saying, "Save yourselves," and they're like, "But I." There's 630 things I got to do every single minute of every single day. I'm already saving myself. I'm already. I can't do anymore. And then he's like, "But then you come right back to it. Then be still. Let let God do this." With that, Keith, how many people? I mean, are are we are like this? Are in this story where it's like I'm I'm doing everything to save myself, to redefine myself, to, to make myself successful, respectable to others, respectable to myself, all this stuff. And what is this scripture saying? It's saying that even though you are busy defining yourself and defining your success and feeling good about yourself, as far as God is concerned, it isn't about more work. Right. It's simply about you sitting there and rejoicing in the fact that you're forgiven. Yep. This God is so great that he would bring you... In, you know, in Bible study here at church, currently we're talking about Moses. We're talking about God bringing the people, electing to bring the Israelites out of slavery... They couldn't do it. They contributed nothing to it. All they did was walk. I mean, it, 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 you know, God splits the Red Sea open. Yeah. This isn't just their story. It's our story. Can you, just, can you just follow along? Can you just accept it? Can you just rejoice in it? Um, it's, it's, it's so, in one sense, it's so easy. In one sense, it's the easiest thing in the entire world. And yet we both know that it's impossibly difficult, and it's impossibly difficult because we won't get out of God's way. You Amen. say that all the time. That's it. I just hope to be at I just hope I stay out of God's way and he can use my mouth and voice to say what he needs to do. And be how said. good are you at that? I'm not that good at all, <laughs> right. I'm sure. I mean you know I mean? hope and pray I'm better at it than I used well, to be. You and I yeah. talk about it all the time on yeah. Sunday morning. You yeah. know, it's a good good to spend a moment before we are go on and do our, our work on Sunday morning to stop and say Okay, I'm gonna get my God get out in front. Right. Uh, let me let you get out in front. Right. Amen. We have to remind ourselves of that. We talk about these phrases in this passage of what does it mean to be cut to the heart? What does it mean to save yourselves? What does it mean to welcome the message? These are phrases that you read in these ten yeah. verses, yeah. and it really all points to the same thing. Get yourself out of the creation, out of the out of the uh, 
out of the equation. There now, it is. Turn the turn the volume of you down. Like down I, to zero. I, I often you know think about that. It's like yeah. if there's a you know Jonathan's over here engineering running the volume uh, knobs, and in our case he's got to do a lot of work because we're pretty Constantly loud up guys. and down, right? Pretty yeah, l- loud guys. Uh, if there was a volume button that had my name on it. Just turn that, crank that baby back, God is saying, and yeah. let me be the volume. There you go. Crank uh, him up to 11, you down to zero, oh, right? But I keep wanting right. the me volume oh, to be yeah. up to 11, and oh, I yeah. think that's a lot of what's happening here. And so those who did that, those who just let God be God, they were baptized. They were changed. They were br- brought into relationship and into activity that they had never known, activity and relationship with God that was impossible otherwise on yeah. the path that they were creating beforehand. Amen. Look at what they were doing. I love that, that you know they were selling their possessions and, and the proceeds were being distributed. I mean, only can the Holy Spirit direct us right. to do that? I mean, in every other way, that's going to fail. Right. Because humans will always right. take more than they think, because they think they... It's always going to be corrupt. It's always going to be corrupt. Yeah. And so, you know, when we look at this, we know that this has to be Holy Spirit-filled activity. This is a time where, um, yeah, they're just, they're sitting there saying, hey, God, just do what you're going to do for us, because... We're in. We're we're depending on you. They're right. letting. They're letting God lead. Yeah. I think that's important. Right. Yeah. I want to close with a question that you asked last week. That yeah. is a good question. Right. I mean, it was a good question for last week's passage, and mm-hmm. I think it's a good one here. And that is, how does their church uh, compare to our uh, church? I mean, uh, yeah. so they're a church at this point that is, you know, really open to who God wants them to be and how yeah. God is going to define them. And if we're being honest. We as individual churches and we as as, as a church corporate in a building church, and a corporate, corporate the, church, yeah, yeah. The, the church corporate yeah. um, can make the mistaken assumption without even knowing it that we are defining ourselves by our own terms rather yeah. than God's terms. Oh, and this is, to me, this passage, how does their church, and the question, how does their church compare to ours is, is a calling to uh, really ask the hard question of whether or not we... As Christians are more determined, more uh, defined by our own abilities in our own vision and our own limitations, or are we more defined by the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives, the presence and the power and the authority of the Word in our lives? Because yeah. that's what I see here. Yeah. This is a community that's defined by the Word and by the Holy Spirit. Amen. And compared to us, we're much more defined, or we tend to be defined by what we're able to do. Right. You know what I'm saying? Oh, oh my gosh, yes. I sit and think, all the things I have to get done. I mean, even even parts of today, I'm sitting there going, okay, well, I got to do this, I got to do that. You know, my car's in the shop, blah, blah, blah. And 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 I'm not just relaxing and being able to, right. to, to do these things like we're doing here because we're constantly fighting that. I think we're constantly fighting that. I, I, for me, it's interesting. I... I kind of look at it and go, look at where they were. They were in the temple. So they were a church. Mm-hmm. But then they were also breaking bread together in their homes. They didn't stop being a, a, a corporate church, a cor- church corporate. I like it better that way. Right. Um, when they walked out of the doors of the temple. Right. How many of us do that? Right. Where we're like, okay. We did our church, right. and now we're going to lunch at uh, Old Country Buffet right. or, and I'm or not somewhere. Con- I'm not connected at all to that guy right. who shared the pew with me. Anymore. Right. I'm it, done with that. You are 
connected. Of course you are. But how many of us walk out and say, well, I'm just going to go off and do my thing. And meanwhile, somebody could very well be going home right. and having soda crackers or ramen because you know and and because it's just that we don't know what other people are going through unless we commit until we until we actually become a part of their community and share our lives with them and a good point they are clearly the the picture that this passage leaves us with is a community that's connected one to the other and we can always do better with that absolutely um we're gonna stop here and move on to chapter three next week and uh, so thank you for joining us for this episode on Megan's Old Office. That was fun. That's a great one. I, again, I just this axe is a pl- great place to be. You think the Holy Spirit's doing something? Yeah, probably. All right. <laughs> we'll see what he does next week. We'll Amen. See you, we'll see you then. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Megan's Old Office. Brought to you by Dundee Presbyterian Church. Please like, subscribe, and share so you and your friends can keep up with us every time we post. You can learn more about us and our church at dpcomaha.org. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash dpcomaha or on Instagram at Megan's Old Office. You can contact us through email at Office at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening today. We truly appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.